Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Study Apply Thrive podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host. I am the co-pastor and first lady at Flow Church, and it is my honor to share the word with you on today. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to a wonderful community of women who love studying the word of God. This community is filled with brilliant women who love wisdom, love applying wisdom, because we know that when we study the word of God and apply it, we will thrive in every area of our lives. So grab your Bible, your journal, a pen, and your favorite cup of tea, and let's get ready to study the Word of God together. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here with you ladies today. We're going to have fun in the Word of God today. Our last episode, The Vital Goal or A Vital Goal, I encouraged you to put you at the very top of your priority list for this year. If you have written goals, which I encourage you to have, you should have written goals. I want you and your emotional health to be number two on the goal list. Number one is your relationship with the Lord. I want you to endeavor to deepen your relationship with Christ this year, deepen your relationship with the word. Your time and prayer will be increased. I want you to increase your time and fasting just for you to become the woman of faith that you've always envisioned that you wanted to be the woman of faith that you saw in your mom or your grandma or your aunts or whatever women have mentored you, I want you to actually become that woman this year. Instead of just thinking about it and talking about it, I want you to become that woman who is so dependent on the voice of God that you won't even pick out a salad dressing. I'm being overly spiritual, y'all. Y'all know I'm being silly, but just stick with me for a little bit. That you won't even pick out a salad dressing before asking the Holy Spirit which one you should have. I want you to become that woman. And that's not being over the top. But in the society that we live in, this world needs spirit-filled leaders who have the ability to function outside of the four walls of the church. We need spirit-filled, brilliant women in the courtroom as both attorneys and judges and clerks and bailers. We need spirit-filled women full of the wisdom of God in hospital operating rooms. We need them as nurses, as doctors, as nurse practitioners, as physicians assistants, as clerks at the hospital. We need faith-filled women teaching our children in the classrooms. We need them in our legal system. We need them on the Supreme Court. We need them in politics. We need them on the police force and the fire department. We need them being entrepreneurs, running businesses, working in government, working at the local grocery store. We need faith-filled women in every area of life and every aspect of our society. And it's one thing to be able to be a spiritual giant in the midst of praise and worship service in the sanctuary around hundreds of other people. But we need women who are able to seek God at the grocery store, to seek God while they're at a traffic light, to intercede when they see someone being pulled over illegally. I mean, all the things that we see, we need you. And so I want that to be the number one goal on your list. Yes, I am changing your goal list. I want you to become that woman of faith that you've seen in Naomi and Ruth, that you've seen in Mary, that you've seen in all the women in the Bible that you prayerfully see um, in the people, your sisters and your study group, your study group leaders. I want you just to go to another level. And then the second goal I want you to have for this year, and this is what we talked about in our last episode, 
of the podcast is I want you to make your emotional health a priority this year. I want you to be so in tune with not just what you feel, but why you feel it and be able to filter that why through the wisdom of the word of God. And then that way you can kind of put yourself in check and say, yes, I'm justified for feeling this way or no, according to the word of God, I shouldn't feel this way. Let me eject this immediately. And we are not going to filter our emotions through what any reality show says we should be able to feel or what any talk show host says we should feel, that we're not going to have a sense of entitlement that because of what I've been through, everybody should understand that I feel this way. We're going to be so wise in the things of God that we're going to filter our emotions through the word of God. And so again, to know what you're feeling, but I want you to understand why you're feeling it. And I want you to pay attention to things that and how they make you feel. And so we started talking about that in our last episode. In this episode, we're going to talk specifically about forgiveness because forgiveness is so important for not just belief for everybody, Learning to walk in forgiveness will change your life, but learning to walk in forgiveness will change your health status. And I'm going to show you in the word of God that forgiveness and healing are are linked together. And I preached this about, about four or five years ago. I preached it like this, that healing and forgiveness go together like peanut butter and jelly, that you cannot have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without peanut butter and jelly. If you don't have jelly, you have a peanut butter sandwich. If you don't have peanut butter, you have a jelly sandwich, but it's impossible to have a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without having both peanut butter and jelly. And there are some sicknesses that may be living in your body simply because you haven't learned how to forgive that releasing certain things. And I'm going to show you this in the word of God. This is not some new age, feel good science. This is biblical. It's been here since the beginning um, before we, any of us got here, when God gave us the word and God inspired and breathed every single syllable of the word, that those things go together. And so before you get excited and say, ooh, Joan should be here because everybody knows she's still mad about what happened between her and Tony. And if you grew up watching TV in the 90s, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Joan and Tony. No, this is not about you knowing that Joan needs to learn how to forgive or Tony needs to learn how to forgive or Vanessa and Dabna seem to forgive each other. No, I want you, this in this episode, is specifically going to talk about you. So get all the people that you and your deep self knows should hear this word on forgiveness. I want to talk about today, you learning how to forgive yourself. I'm going to be quiet and just make that a C-line moment. Yes, you learning how to forgive yourself. Because until you can adequately learn how to forgive yourself, you will not have the ability to forgive others. And you also won't have the ability to fully forgive all the rights and privileges that are connected to God forgiving you. You'll always have this gray cloud, a self-imposed gray cloud over your head unless you learn how to forgive yourself. And it begins with you even understanding that you have a right to forgive yourself, that you have a right to be rid of shame. You have a right to be rid of guilt, that that is not something as a part of the promise of God, that we don't have the responsibility of carrying the burdens of our iniquities or carrying the burdens of our sins, that Jesus bore 
all of our iniquities and all of our sins on the cross. And for us to hold on to the mistakes that we have made, for us to continuously relive the conversation and say, oh, I wish I hadn't said that or I wish I hadn't done that, is is us not fully embracing the ministry of Christ. He didn't come to just forgive the people who have hurt us. He came to forgive us of all the people that we have hurt or all the things that we've done to ourselves. And if you have never done anything to anybody else, and if you've never made a single mistake, and if you have always, I mean, out the womb, you came out righteous and holy, and you've always said everything right and always done everything right and have never overstepped and have never been out of line and have never been short with anybody and never cussed anybody out and never just had a bad thought about anybody and never been offensive and never been late and never told a lie, just turn it off because this is not for you. But for the rest of us, we have to learn how to forgive ourselves so that we can be able to forgive others and so that we can receive the full promise of Christ in our lives. And again, forgiveness leads to healing. And that's the big thing. I want you to be able to walk in healing because forgiveness releases healing in our body. There's so many sicknesses that we carry simply because we won't forgive. And it goes deeper than just not being able to sleep or stress or headaches. But there are some chronic illnesses that perpetuate in our body because that unforgiveness is living in our hearts. And so look at 1 John chapter 1. And 1 John is in the back, not the gospel of John. The 1 John is near, near the back of the Bible. 3 John's Jude and Revelations. That I want that section in the back. And this is a very familiar verse. Even if you've never read it before, you've heard it because you've heard uh, heard it in church. You've heard your Sunday school teacher tell it. You've heard me quote it. You've heard your mom and them quote it. You've heard this before. 1 John chapter 1, verse 19. It says, if we forgive, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So it says, if we confess our sins and we say, hey, I made a mistake, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And so the only part in us being forgiven from sin is us just simply going to God and saying, I messed up. God, I did that. I, I made a mistake. And then he is faithful and just to forgive us, but not just to forgive us, and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So every time we confess our sins, God is willing and able and ready to purify us or to clean us up from whatever impact that particular sin had on our lives. And that's a key point. However, that particular sin affected our lives, God is willing to come and clean that part of us up so that we're no longer adversely affected by what that is. And forgiveness and repentance goes together. Forgiveness or asking for forgiveness, Lord, forgive me. That's part one. But then part two, repentance is then turning and going in the opposite direction. I'm always going to use food as an example. Y'all know me. I'm going to talk about some food. So if you want to be healed from high blood pressure, the forgiveness on your part is God help me with my diet and exercise. And then you ask for forgiveness of God. I, I've been really eating way too much bacon and I haven't exercised in 99 years. That's the the asking for forgiveness. The repentance is to get up and exercise and to stop eating bacon. 
You understand what I'm saying? Now, there are some people who have high blood pressure because of genetics or because of DNA. So this is not a catch-all for everyone, but I'm using it as an example because there are some things in your lives that are self-imposed. Everything isn't everything in your life is not self-imposed, but there are some things that are self-imposed. So don't sit there. I can't believe she talked about my blood pressure. Well, it, look, if it's for you, take it. If it's not for you, wait for the next point and that point will be for you. Praise the Lord. So you have to do that and then God will come in and he'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now look here at James chapter 5. It says, therefore, James 5 and 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. So here very specifically, it says, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. So the confession of sins, and we learned from First John uh, chapter 1, 19, the confession of sins brings about forgiveness. And now we're seeing here that the confession of sins that also brings in forgiveness leads to healing. And so as you're pursuing your good emotional health this year, if you usually have uh, issues with depression or stress or anxiety, or any other emotional ills, some of that might be connected to you being willing to forgive. And again, in this episode, we're not talking about forgiving your sister for wearing your purple jacket. We're not talking about forgiving your cousin because she stole your boyfriend when y'all were in third grade. We're not talking about forgiving the little boy who pulled your hair. We're not even talking about forgiving your husband for for infidelity or forgiving you know, your boss for saying you were going to get the bonus and then they didn't give you the bonus. We're not talking about you forgiving anybody else. This is not about anybody else today. This is simply about you. Simply about you. And now look at Luke chapter five, because I want you to see, again, I just have to prove it to you in scripture of how uh, how the word shows us that healing and forgiveness go together. Because again, I don't want you feeling entitled to hold on to unforgiveness because what so-and-so did to you was so bad. Yes, what so-and-so did to you was so bad, but that has nothing to do with you being able to forgive yourself. You know, you have to be willing to let go of some of the mistakes that you've made and then let go of the rest of the mistakes that you've made and then let go of the rest of the mistakes that you made so that you get to the point that you let go of it all. You realize that you have a, a savior for a reason, because you're imperfect, that God's grace is available because you are imperfect, that his mercies are new every morning because you are imperfect. And so there's no reason for you to hold on to those things because God has given us so many tools to cover our sins, to cover our iniquities. So we can't afford to hold on to it when God has put so many things in our lives to help us release it. He wants to cover us. He doesn't want to expose us. He wants to heal us. He doesn't want us wallowing in things. He wants to do that, but you have to be willing to let it go. And let me tell you a little secret. Nobody thinks you're perfect. I know you might think some people think you're perfect. Nobody think you're perfect, girl. Nobody. There is nobody sitting at home saying, oh my goodness, sister ABCD is so perfect. I've never heard her say a crossword. I've never, there is nobody who thinks you're perfect. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pastor V, I can't believe you say that. We need a reality check. So when we're pretending like, you know, well, I, I don't want to deal with forgiving myself because then that means I have to admit that I made some mistakes. The only person who's believing that perfection lie is you. Nobody else believes that. So let that go. There are some things that you simply have to let go so that you can pursue your number two goal for the year of having good emotional health. Now look here at James chapter five. Luke, I'm sorry, Luke chapter five. I looked at James chapter five. I was like, that don't look right. Luke chapter five, verse 16. And again, I am reading from the English standard version. We'll look at verse 18. And it says, and behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the mist before Jesus. So in the King James Version, it says that he was laying on a bed because he was paralyzed and they couldn't get into the building. They couldn't get into the church service because it was so full that they went up on the roof. They broke open the roof during the church meeting and lowered him down before Jesus. Verse um, 20 says, and when he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, and that's another lesson for another time, but God can see your faith. Your faith is something more than what you believe. Your faith is something that you actually live and God can see your faith. Faith is something tangible. It's something visible. It's something you display. It's something that you say. It's something more than what you believe in your heart. If your faith only believes in your heart, it's in a, in an immature infancy stage and we have to work on growing it to the point that it can be seen, it can be heard, it can be felt, it can, I mean, it, it takes on a form of itself. Different lesson, different time. And when he saw their faith, he said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven. Verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to question saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? They were offended that Jesus told this man that his sins were forgiven. Who can forgive sins but God? But Jesus said, when Jesus perceived in their, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? So Jesus is saying to me, it's all the same. Forgiving sins and healing is all the same. So why are you so upset? And then he goes on to say, but that you may know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. So Jesus, in the first part of the story, when he is healing the man, he says to him, your sins be forgiven. In the second part, so that he could prove a point to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, the people who were judging him, he said, pick up your bed and walk. So on one point, he says, your sins be forgiven. Another part, he says, be healed. What he's showing us is that the same anointing that forgives sins is the same anointing that heals. The same anointing that forgives is the same anointing that heals. The same anointing that forgives is the same anointing that heals. And so there is an anointing for you to be healed. If you believe that Jesus is able to forgive your sins, and I hope that you do, if you believe that God sent Jesus for the sole purpose of releasing you from your sins and all the penalties of your sins so that you can become a kingdom of the kingdom of God, a citizen of the kingdom of God, so that you can become a right uh, heir at a uh, 
a joint heir with Christ Jesus so that you can become an ambassador for Christ so that you be, could become another speaking spirit. If you believe the word of God, if you believe that God has forgiven you of your sins, then you have to believe that there's anointing for you to be healed. And that healing is not just a physical healing, it's an emotional healing, but it's going to require a, a full purging of forgiveness in your life, you, a full purging of unforgiveness in your life. And it has to begin with you forgiving yourself. God has already forgiven you. God has already forgiven you of everything that you've ever done. He's already prepared to forgive you of everything that you will do. God loves you. He sent Jesus for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. I don't care what you have done. God has already forgiven you. But now the question is, do you have the ability? And the answer is yes, you do have the ability to forgive yourself. Now, the second question is, are you willing or do you have the willingness to forgive yourself and to let go of the mistakes that you've made, to let go of the bad conversations, to let go that you used to drink or you used to smoke or you used to do drugs or you used to be promiscuous or you used to do this or you had an abortion or whatever it is that you may have done. God has already forgiven you. Now, do you have the ability to release yourself from that? Do you have the ability? Yes, you have the ability. Do you have the willingness? Are you willing? Can you make a decision to let it go? So let's just make it real simple. Well, before we do that, look at um, Psalms 38. I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but this is so important for you to walk in forgiveness of yourself. And we want to say, oh, I forgive sister so-and-so. I forgave my husband for that. I forgave my children for that. I forget. We want to boast about how we forgave everybody else, but still secretly holding on to things that we have done. Look at Psalms 38. And when you have some time, I want you to read this whole Psalm. It is, it, it, it is a cry for the Lord to help. And actually the last verse says, do not forsake me, O Lord. Oh my God, be not far from me. You know, he's, um, he says, make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. This man is crying out to God for some serious help. Look at verse four. He says, for my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. This writer is dealing with guilt he is, he said, it's too heavy for me. It's gone over my head. Verse five says, my wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. He's talking about internal wounds and internal um, things. They stink and they fester because of my own foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate all the day. I go about mourning. This person is just heavy with guilt about something that they have done. But at the end of this proverb, they had enough courage and enough wisdom to say, but Lord, I know you can help me. The God of my salvation, the God of my salvation is going to help me. I'm crying out to the God of my salvation. And that's what I want you to realize that God is here. He's ready to heal you. He's already forgiven you, but you need to do the final step of you forgiving yourself so that that healing, that anointing of healing can begin to flow into your body. So now let's talk about the practical stuff because that's what's going to really help us is for you to understand this practically. Now, there are lots of reasons that we make mistakes. There are lots of reasons that we say stupid stuff. There are lots of reasons that we mess up. There are lots of reasons that we do what we do. But there are four primary reasons why we do it. Now, just four primary reasons. And when you see how simple these reasons are, you can see how easily you can go in and fix these things to forgive yourself. 
The first reason we make mistakes, sin, miss the mark, whatever you act foul, whatever you want to call it, be, be shady, you know, the first reason is ignorance, just because we don't know any better. Now, ignorance is not connected to overall intellect or how smart you are. Ignorance simply means that in a certain arena of your life, you are unlearned. For example, if you ask me the difference between a PlayStation and an Xbox, I have such a limited knowledge of those systems. To me, the only difference between the two is that one is called a PlayStation and one is called an Xbox. (laughs) Now, if you were to ask a gamer, not even a serious professional gamer, if you were to ask a casual gamer, they could probably give you 10 differences between the two. If you were to ask a technician or a electronic engineer or a game designer, they could give you a hundred differences between the two. But because I am ignorant between those in that pers- that specific arena, I can't tell you the difference between an Xbox and a PlayStation other than the fact that they have different names. So in that particular area, I would be more prone to make mistakes because I'm just simply ignorant in that area. You may send me to the store and say, hey, go buy the new Madden game. And I know Madden because Pastor Russell used to play Madden faithfully when we were younger. So I know the name Madden, John Madden video football game. I know that. If you were to send me to the store, I might inadvertently get the one for PlayStation, but you have an Xbox game. I might miss the mark in that area. Not because I'm not smart, not because I'm uneducated, not because I'm not a very intelligent woman, which I am all of those things, but in that particular area, I'm ignorant. So there have been some mistakes that you have made in your life, not because you're not smart, not because you're not intelligent, not because you're not a highly educated woman, but when it came to relationships, you were unlearned, you were ignorant. When it came to parenting, it was your first time parenting and maybe you didn't have a good example of parenting. And so you really honestly didn't know what to do and you were doing the best that you could, but you made some mistakes simply because in that small sliver of your life, you were unlearned. You didn't understand the the connection between nutrition and health. You didn't understand body language. You didn't understand tone of voice. You didn't understand the consequences. So one of the reasons why we make mistakes is simply because we're ignorant. Another reason is because of pride simply because we feel like we should be able to do whatever we want to do and we have some secret empowerment that means that we're not under anybody else's authority, including the Lord's, and we don't have to listen to Holy Spirit. And because we're grown and because we pay taxes and because we do some other things, we should be able to do whatever we want to do. That's pride. Or because nobody else is watching, I should be able to do what I want to do. Holy Spirit is always watching. God is always watching. You're always under the watchful eye of the Almighty God. You're always under the authority of God. But pride will tell you, I can do what I want to do. So pride will always lead to destruction. Pride will always lead to a fall. Pride will always lead you to a path where you're going to be in a position to need to be forgiven by someone else and to ultimately ultimately have to forgive yourself. Selfishness. Just plain old selfish. I just do what I want just because I want to. It's not even pride. It's not even that I feel like I'm entitled to do it. The difference between pride and selfishness is pride feels like I'm entitled to do it. 
selfishness knows I'm not entitled to do it, but I'm still going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm not supposed to have another cookie, but I'm doing it anyway. I know I'm, I'm not supposed to be outside. I'm supposed to be in the house. I'm just going to do it anyway. Just because, and selfishness even says, I know I'm going to get in trouble later. I know I'm going to regret this later. I know this is not good for me. I'm just going to take the penalty later because I'm selfish. <laughs> Selfishness thinks about me, 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 me. And that's all that matters is how I feel. It has to be my way or no way. It's all about me. And then the last one, and again, there are other reasons, but the four we're going to talk about today, the last one is lack of discipline. Sometimes it's just a lack of discipline. I know that I shouldn't do this. I said the last 20 times that that was going to be the last time I did it, but there's just something on the inside of me. Paul said it like this. He said, when I would do good, evil was always present with me and the good that I would do, I do not. And the evil that I didn't want to do, that's what I did. It's just, look, I lack discipline. I have said I wasn't going to do this anymore. I said I wasn't going to lie. I said I wasn't going to cheat. I said I wasn't going to fornicate. I said I wasn't going to commit adultery. I said I wasn't going to overeat. I said I wasn't going to steal. I said I wasn't going to lie on my taxes. I said I wasn't going to cheat. I said I wasn't going to do this. I said I was going to work out. I said I was going to eat right. I said I was going to go for a run. I said I was going to go to bed on time. But girl, let me tell you, <laughs> and that's usually how that ends. Girl, let me tell you what happened. See, what happened was it's a lack of discipline. And so when you think about missing the mark and those four reasons, it's easier to begin to forgive yourself because you realize, well, no, it's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that I'm an evil person. It's not that I'm uneducated. It's not that I'm I'm dumb. It's not that any of that. It's just that at that point in my life, either ignorance or pride or selfishness or lack of discipline took over. But all four of those are very easily connected when you study, apply and study and apply the word of God, then you can thrive in those areas. So let's take ignorance for for um, example. If you want to get rid of ignorance, you just replace it with wisdom. That means you just decide that you want to have a heart that embraces and sucks up and seeks after wisdom. We're currently doing 31 days of wisdom by studying the book of Proverbs together as a flow church community. And you're taking notes. You know, if you want to get rid of ignorance in your life, you're taking notes. And you might be thinking, well, Pastor V, the Proverbs says nothing about PlayStation and Xbox, but Proverbs will teach you how to ask questions about PlayStation and Xbox. It will show you how to be open to seek out someone who's an expert. So instead of you going into the store comparing the boxes and reading the boxes for five hours in the store all this time, they wondering if you're trying to sell something, you simply go up to the salesperson and say, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I have no clue. Can you help me discern the difference between these games? I want to purchase these games for my niece or my nephew or my husband or my wife, and I don't know which one is the right one. Proverbs will help get that ignorance out of you. Wisdom will help do that. But you have to have a heart that's willing to admit that you're not perfect. That's why I said it earlier. Nobody thinks you're perfect. Nobody is fooled by that. I'm perfect game. Ignorance, being willing to get rid of ignorance has to start with the admittance that I need help and I can get it from the word of God. I can get it from someone else. And that's why we always say at Flow Church that you never have to fight a battle alone, even if that battle is learning a new skill. There's so many people in our community that there's somebody who knows how to do what you need. You don't have to ever go through anything alone. 
And that spirit of isolation will keep you stuck when you, you know you're you're grieving and you don't want nobody to know. You're hurting, you don't want anybody to know. You're healing, you don't want anybody to know. You're broken, you don't want anybody to know. You can have people praying for you. You can have people saying your name in a boardroom. Oh, I know somebody who needs a job. They're great at it. But if nobody knows that you don't that you need something, that isolation will keep you stuck. And so getting rid of ignorance is you simply making a decision to embrace wisdom, to embrace, be hungry for wisdom, to be a reader, a reader of the word of God, but a reader of accounting books if you're in the math field, a reading of education books if you're in the education field, a reading of law journals if you're in the law field, whatever field God has called you to for you to embrace wisdom. And then for personal uh, relationships, you need to be reading about communications, going to communication workshops, going to marriage workshops, whatever it applies to, whatever that big gray cloud that's hanging over your head that you haven't forgiven yourself on. If the reason you committed that particular act was because you were ignorant, you need to go and learn what you need to do so that you don't make that mistake again. And then forgive yourself. Just say, okay, I did it. And I'm going to give you some steps for forgiveness in a couple minutes. But just realize that there's a remedy for that. That there is a, a healing for that. Pride. How do you get rid of pride? By becoming humble, by walking in humility. You let go of the sense of entitlement. And let me make this really plain. Just because you have a particular title, be it a title in the professional world or a title in the family world, just because you're somebody's mom or you're somebody's aunt or because you're the CEO or because you're the elder, because you're the minister, because you're the pastor, because of all, none of those things make you entitled to anything. You're not entitled to anything simply because you have a title. You're not entitled to anything simply because you're breathing other than the word of God and the love of God. You have to earn the right for people to want to bless you. You have to earn the respect from people. You have to earn people's trust. You have to earn the respect. You have to earn it. So let go of the idea you can do whatever you want to do just because you walk into a room. That's pride. You have to earn it. You have to show that people can trust you with their emotions. People can trust you with their feelings. People can trust you with their money. People can trust you. And so let go of pride by becoming humble, by understanding that God will put you when you're humble before God, meaning that when you accept God's authority over your life, that God will bring you before mighty, mighty men and God will open up opportunities for you everywhere you go because because you are humbled under him. Now you're, you're humbled under God. You're not going before every person bowing and scraping and yes, a ma'am. No, no, we ain't doing that. But before God, you're humble. So if you made a mistake before because you were prideful, just let go of pride and just become humble. Just positive, you make it seem so easy. Everything I'm saying to you is a decision. And you might be thinking, well, I have to grow to get there. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision to eat spinach instead of fried chicken. You don't grow into spinach. You open up your mouth and you put it in and you put it in. You push the chicken aside. Or how about this? You don't buy the chicken. That's how you get to become a spinach eater instead of a chicken eater. You make a decision that it's the right thing to do. So becoming a humble person is just a decision that I am under the authority of God. And I'm going to live my life based on what God has said. And that's going to bring me before mighty men. And God's going to make room for me. And God said that when our ways please him, he'll make even our enemy to be at peace with him. So there's nobody who will be hating on me and all that other stuff because I'm humble before God. God sees me and I'm living a life that is pleasing to him. Just that simple. 
a decision. Selfishness. If you made the mistake because you were selfish, become unselfish by becoming. Selfishness means that everything is about you. Decide to make everything about Christ. That's how you get rid of selfishness. Don't make everything about your children because they're going to grow up and get married. Don't make everything about your spouse because they deserve to have hobbies and interests that don't necessarily include you, as long as that, those hobby and interests are not another woman. <laughs> but if they like playing basketball, they shouldn't have to not play basketball because you don't like basketball. They shouldn't have to not play video games because you don't like video games. They shouldn't have to not be able to read their favorite kind of books because you don't like those kind of books. That's selfish. Don't allow, don't require your spouse's life to revolve around you. And then you don't make your life a revolve around your spouse. The only thing your life should revolve around is Christ. And so if you have an issue with selfishness, begin to make God the center of your world and then that will eliminate your future mistakes based on selfishness. And the last one is lack of discipline. There are so many ways that you can become a disciplined person. So many. I'm going to give you one way. And please put in your note that this is only one way, not the only way to get rid of discipline, to become a more disciplined person. But a great way to become a disciplined person is to learn how to fast. Fasting disciplines your fat, your flesh so well and so quickly when you learn that you don't have the right to put something in your mouth just because you want it. Fasting will just curb that appetite for being impulsive. It'll curb the appetite of feeling like I should be able to have what I want when I want it. And when you make a, when you declare before God, God, I'm fasting before you. Don't say it just to yourself. Make a bold declaration before God and then be willing to honor what the promise you made before God. It'll learn, it will help you learn how to be disciplined. And so that's how you can get out of a lack of undiscipline, uh, lack of discipline in your life by becoming a faster. Okay, so that was ignorance, pride, selfishness, lack of discipline. You replace them with wisdom, humility, a Christ-centered life, and fasting. And when you realize that every mistake that you've made, if you've had an abortion, if you've been divorced, if you used to be a drug addict, if you used to be really promiscuous, if you used to be a prostitute, a prostitute, prostitute, if you used to be abusive to your children, if you were bad to your parents and now they're no longer here, so you can't apologize to them, you know, whatever your big thing is that you need to let go of, whatever you need to forgive yourself of, if you realize that it was because you were ignorant, which is fixable, because you were in pride, which is fixable, because you were selfish, which is fixable, because you lacked discipline, it was fixable. If you can just embrace that thought that I was a different person then, I made a mistake. I made it out of ignorance. I made it out of pride. I made out, but I'm a different person now. And even if you were that same person five minutes ago, if you make the decision right now to embrace this newness, you are a different person now. And that's all that matters is that you're a different person now. And now that you're a different person, you can wipe the slate clean. And that doesn't mean that all of the ripple effects of your mistakes will instantly be healed but you will begin to be healed and you will be in a position to hear from God better and you'll be in a position to minister to others. You'll be in a position to go back and possibly talk to the people that you may have offended, but it all begins with you being better. And that's what we're going for, a better you this year with good emotional health. And you can just let go of that thing that has been clogging up your spirit for so long, the thing that has caused you guilt, caused you guilt the thing that has made 
Do you feel like Psalms 38 was your personal biography, autobiography? All of those things, you can let them go because you're a different person now. You're no longer led by ignorance. You're no longer led by pride. You're no longer led by selfishness. You're no longer led by a lack of discipline. And then above all, you remember 1 John 1 and 19 that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So since God has already forgiven you, can you forgive yourself? Can you release yourself from the mistakes that you've made so that you can begin to have healing flow in your life? Nobody else can forgive you for what you've done. Other people can forgive you for what you've done to them, but nobody else can come in and clean it up on the inside of you is a better way for me to say it. You can have other people forgive you, but nobody can do the internal work that you need to have done on the inside of you. Now, let me give you five steps to forgiveness. And these are not five complete steps. They're not the five um, unabridged steps. There, there might be you know, 15 steps to, to healing, but these are five things that you can do today or over the next couple of weeks to begin to let go of the things that you've done. And again, we're not talking about what people have done to you. We're talking about things that you have done. And it's things that you may be have done to yourself that nobody else knows about, or maybe something that you've done to someone else. But I, I encourage you, I strongly encourage you to see yourself worthy of being forgiven and forgive yourself and know that God has already forgiven you. Now you can't, you cannot control when and if somebody else forgives you. But as long as you have forgiven yourself and God has forgiven you, that is all you need to move forward. You don't need somebody else's forgiveness to move forward. You don't need somebody else's um, saying, hey, I forgive you. You don't need somebody else's, you don't need that. All you need is God's forgiveness and you need your own forgiveness. You need to forgive yourself. Okay, so here are the things that I need for you to do or I encourage you to do, I encourage you to do to begin to forgive yourself. First, you need to acknowledge that there was a mistake or an offense. Stop saying, I didn't do it. Stop saying, I was misunderstood. Stop saying, they misunderstood me, or that's a lie, or everybody's jealous of me, or nobody thinks about me, or nobody understands me. Stop it. Just stop it. And acknowledge that you made a mistake. Don't acknowledge it where it was mistakes made on both sides. No, we're not talking about other people. We're talking about you. Acknowledge that you made the mistake, that you offended someone. Acknowledge your part. You can't, you, you're you not responsible for someone else's part. Acknowledge your part. Yeah, I did lie. Yeah, I did gossip about them. Yeah, I did tell that secret when I should have. Yeah, I, I, I stole it. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I had the abortion. Yeah, I, I did do that. I cheated on my husband. I did that. I I did do that. Yeah, I was too I was too overbearing with my children. I, I didn't listen to them very well. Um I, I was too abrasive with my kids. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did sabotage that other girl's salary. I, I did sabotage her her ability to get a promotion. Yeah, I did that. I did acknowledge that there was a mistake, acknowledge that there was an offense, remembering that God has already forgiven you. And you're not acknowledging this to other people. You're not acknowledging it to yourself. You're having this conversation with you and Holy Spirit. Nobody else needs to know. You don't need to send us a letter. You don't even need to call the person that you that you offended. This is right now just between you and God. So number one, acknowledge that there was a mistake or that there was an offense. Number two, 
recognize that it may have hurt someone and why. Put yourself in the person's shoes that you offended and recognize why they may have been hurt by that. Stop making it all about you. Remember, you're forgiving yourself. Recognize, yeah, I pro- that probably did hurt them. Yeah, that probably did disappoint them. Yep, yep, that probably did happen. Recognize that. Number three, ask God to heal your pain and the pain of your of the person you offended. Ask God to do the healing. Ask God, you know, God, I, I realized that I did that before. I didn't see it that way, but I, I listened to Study Apply Thrive and I thought about it. And God, I realized, yeah, I was wrong. Now, God, I ask that you heal me and forgive me of that. And then God, the person, my sister, my husband, my children, my my brother, the company, God, heal any any ripple effect that there may have been from my action. God, heal them. Take care of them. Restore them, God. Make them whole. Don't allow my mistake to be a permanent speed bump in their lives. God, take care of them. And now that is where the anointing really begins to flow. When you realize that it's not within your power to go in and make someone else's whole, but it's in God's power to go in and make them whole. And when you use your time for prayer to pray for the people that you possibly hurt, to pray for the situation that you created, you release your faith for God to fix it because you can't fix it, but God can fix it. God can totally fix anything that we've done. He has the ability to heal. He has the ability to restore. He has the ability to do it all. The next step is to remove yourself, remove other people. I'm sorry, remove other people from the moving forward process. Okay, now that I've prayed, now that I've repented and I've prayed and I've confessed my sins and I've asked God to heal me and asked them, ask God to heal them, don't go out pursuing people. Don't feel like you got to go and make amends to people unless Holy Spirit tells you to do that. Because again, this process is just for you. This process for is for you. So again, take everybody else out of the equation and just keep it between you and God. You don't have to have a conversation about it. You don't have to do those things. Keep it between you and God. And then the last thing is to pray for yourself and to give yourself permission to move forward. God, I've admitted what I've done. According to 1 John 5, 1 John 1, it says, if we confess our sins, I've confessed my sins. I've recognized why it was wrong through the filter of the word of God. I've asked you to fix it on my end and on their end. I'm removing myself and my my ideas from the situation of how it can be remedied. And now, God, I'm asking you to just move me forward. Just move me forward, God. Now that I've realized it, I've confessed it. Now God just moved me forward. And when God begins to move you forward, do not reach back and pick up the little scraps of what you just put down. Leave it there. Act like it didn't happen. Be free from it because now you've given it over to God. Ignoring it doesn't help anything. Giving it to God helps everything. And well, Pastor Vita, you said act like it didn't happen. Act like it didn't happen after you've given it to God. Now, as long as it's in your hand, then you're responsible for it. But once you hand it over to God by giving it to him, by acknowledging that it happened, 
by recognizing why it was wrong, by asking God to fix it. Now it's in his hands. Once you give it to him and once it's in his hands, you can wipe your hands of it. You can get up lighter. You can feel better and you can move on. And now there are some sicknesses that God can begin to heal in your body because you have released that. Now we're going to talk about this process again with you forgiving other people. But you can't begin to forgive other people before you forgive yourself because you have to deal with you first. As believers, we always have to deal with ourselves first. We can't deal with other people. We have to deal with us first because ultimately that's all we're responsible for is us. We can't control other folks. We can't change their minds. We can That's God's job, not ours. But we can definitely change our own minds. We can definitely submit ourselves to God and have God come in and heal us. Well, I hope that this helped you because I want you to have the best emotional year ever in 2021. 2020 was a doozy of a year emotionally for so many people. Just so much stuff was going on. And I want this year to be a year of emotional um, recovery for some, emotional uh, escalation for others, meaning that you're just, your emotions are going to a new level in a positive way. I just want you to be happy. I want you to be at peace. I want you to have joy. I want you to have sweet sleep every night. And that all comes from good emotional health. And we're going to just leave it right there for now with you being willing to forgive yourself. And just say this privately. I forgive me. I forgive me. I realize I'm not perfect and I'm going to make another mistake again. But that big thing that was looming over me, that big thing that had me feeling so guilty and had me feeling bound and had me feeling, I forgive myself. I realized it was because I was either operating in ignorance, pride, selfishness, or lack of discipline. But Holy Spirit is ministering to me now. I'm a new woman right now, right here as I sit. I'm a new woman and I forgive me. And God is healing the people that I affected. God is healing anything adverse that came out of my mistake. God is taking care of that because I asked him to do it. The ministering angels and Holy Spirit is taking care of that. So I'm not even responsible. I no longer have a, a track record of leaving calamity behind me because God is going in and he's fixing all of that. And I know God's word is true and I trust his word so I can get up from this place lighter. I can get up from this place free because I know my God and he's faithful. Say that confession every day. That's a little lengthy, but to just get up every day and say, I am forgiven. I'm forgiven by God and I, and I forgive myself every day. I'm forgiven by God and I forgive myself and just release and just release and just release until you feel like it's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone. I don't feel it. And allow Holy Spirit and God to come in and minister healing to every part of your body. Well, I love you so much. Thank you for hanging out. I pray the word blessed you. Share the podcast with others. Listen, we are at 785 listeners and we want to get to a thousand listeners and we're going to have a great celebration. Then we want to get to 5,000. We're going to get to 10,000. We want the word of God going all over the world. So please share this podcast with all of your girlfriends and all of your, um, all the women in your family and your co-workers and all that, because we want to get the word out. If you've never missed, if you've never worshiped with us, please come and join us at Flow Church this Sunday. You can go to live.flow-church.tv, live.flow-church.tv, um, Sundays at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or 6.30 p.m., um, if you are always worshiping with us, we'll see you Sunday. You know we'll be there in the live chat to 
hang out with you and just fellowship with you during that time. If you need anything from us, we're always here. You can go to our website, flow-church.org to call us for prayer or, you know, whatever you need. We're always here. We love you. Have a great week. Remember, you are forgiven so you can forgive yourself. Thanks for hanging out with me. Have a good day.